Hello everyone, and welcome to uh, So What Happens Next, Small Screens. My name is Thomas. I'm Amber. And this week, we are sort of celebrating a belated Godzilla Day, but hey, in our family, every day is Godzilla Day, with a sort of double feature, uh, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS from 2002 and I believe 2003, respectfully. <laughs> How about yourself? Doing not too shabby, not too shabby. So, Godzilla. Yes. Big part of our cinematic lives. Me far longer than you, but I definitely think I dragged you perhaps kicking and screaming into the genre. <laughs> uh, recently, on November 3rd, which is not when we're recording this episode, nor when we are releasing this episode, um, was Godzilla Day. So, it's the day the original film came out in 1954. Um and for that, Toho did the first ever theatrical run in the States of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, which is the third, fourth, technically, uh, Mechagodzilla Godzilla film. Uh, but it never aired in the States, and so we went to it. Uh, it was a good time. I'm a little disappointed in the quality <laughs> of the film footage that they used because unfortunately and I hate saying it because it makes me feel like a it makes it feel almost apocryphal to say but it looks better on blu-ray at home (laughs) (laughs) than it did in the theaters but that is I don't know why but the frame the frames were killing me in that movie it was very stuttery it was like watching it at like 19 fps it was weird as fuck but we saw it we figured we'd talk about it and since we happen to also own every Godzilla movie under the sun almost quite literally um (laughs) With the exception of Godzilla 1998, but you know what? It's easy to not count that one. We watched the sequel. This is one of the only, there's maybe only one or two Godzilla movies that have like a direct sequel to them. And I think. Oh, of the old ones? Period. Really? Because. Well, okay, what about, so not okay. the Monsterverse ones. Yeah. Don't include the, yeah. the W Monsterverse ones. <laughs> but of the Toho made okay. Godzilla films. Yeah. There are only, at least off the top of my head, there's only really like two direct sequels I could think of. Gotcha. And they both happen to be Mechagodzilla movies. The first to ever happen was the original Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla in 1974. And the final Showa era Godzilla film, which was Terror of Mechagodzilla. Mm. Those two are more or less direct sequels um, just because it's the same Mechagodzilla and similar aliens and all that shit. And then these films... Uh, which are back-to-back, like, one is occurring almost immediately after the other. Um, the other Godzilla, like, eras are loosely connected. Like, they're they're all sequels in some way, shape, or form. They're connected loosely, especially that middle era. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you call... Like, you can watch any of them however you want. Yeah. Whereas in this one, they just, like... Like, you saw Tokyo SOS. They're just, like, they have Mechagodzilla, like... It's broken. Why is like you have so yeah. many questions as to like why is why are things the way that they are? So, without further ado, let's dive into 
I guess to kick it off, let's just start with Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Um, with these movies, you know, I think it's... We'll touch plot points as we can, but I mean, the the thing about them is it's kind of hard to walk through a plot <laughs> um, for these. Like, there's plot, and then it just kind of becomes monster fighting, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of the important stuff is just action pieces. So if you really want to see it, I highly suggest going to see this movie. I think it might be on Amazon or HBO Max, one of those, if not... You know, it's out there somewhere. According to the f- theaters, it's out now on Blu-ray and DVD. So wow. I guess it exists still out in the ether. But, Amber, um, this was your first time seeing either of these, right? You've never yeah. seen either of these before? Mm-hmm. So let's just start with Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. What what did you think of it? What did you think of it? Because you've seen other Godzilla movies, correct? Yes, I have. Right. But you um, haven't seen all of them. Do you, no. Yeah. Yeah, and of course I'm more partial to like the newer ones that recently came fair, out. Fair, fair. Um, but I I liked it actually. I thought it was really good. There was some stuff that because this wasn't Japanese, right? This yeah, wasn't this English was we dubbed. In Japanese, yeah. Um, and so it was subbed. Mm-hmm. And like some of the wording, I felt like wasn't quite right. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's always like that whenever you have like subtitles. Um, like. I think just translating things doesn't always come off right. <laughs> yeah. So, but other than that, I thought, you know, it was really goofy. Definitely had its is, goofy moments. Yeah, it definitely had its really goofy moments. Um, But other than that, I felt like it was a pretty solid plot. Yeah. Were there any, like, highlights to you before we kind of dive into it a little bit? Okay, so that plant. Okay, so there's this plant. <laughs> You're prepared to go. That, oh, the sleeping grass. The yeah, little girl the sleeping has. grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was fake. No, that's a real thing. I know. That's crazy. You touch it and it, and it curls <laughs> because up. Because I was yeah. like, holy crap. Like, what? Yeah, why is this they, why Biolante? Did they, <laughs> why did they engineer this whole, like, fucking plant thing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Third. It would if be. If there was a third one where yeah. the plant becomes Because I really like the Biolante film. Okay. So you, you're, you're familiar with, like... You're probably more familiar than just the average Monsterverse viewer. Yeah, because right? I'm married to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, you haven't, like, sat. Like, I've sat and marathoned these yeah. over the course of a while, obviously. I don't just sit and be like, oh, God, i got to keep going. <laughs> I mean, there's far too many to do that for. But, yeah, like, you've seen, so, like, you've seen Biolante and stuff like that, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, which, I'll be honest, I'll just say, uh, Biolante is a good movie, but I don't know why everybody thinks it's the best one. Um it's cool. Biolante is cool, but it's not my favorite of that yeah. era. Anyway, not to geek out about all that stuff too much, but yeah, no, that's a real, the grass thing was a real, real deal. Um, I, speaking of the little girl in the grass and the fact that we watch this in Japanese, I've only ever seen this movie in the English dub. Mm-hmm. I've never watched it in Japanese before. Um, I tend to passively watch these movies and watching them in Japanese is... I don't know, not bad, but it's like, it's just another degree of separation. I'm not paying attention to it. But, like, it's different in English. Like, her whole thing with the grass is a lot more, like, subtextual in the Japanese one. Like, in the English one, they straight up... So, like, to put... um, Let's put some... Let's back up. Let's put some perspective on this. So, this is a movie where uh, a... There is a young pilot who is very secluded and very to herself. Yes. um, And she is... It starts out where she kind of goofs during a Godzilla attack, where she's like a giant laser cannon operator. She crashes into a Jeep. It falls down a ravine, and Godzilla kills all the people inside. 
I think in the end of the day, she's the only survivor because everything goes like fuck up after yeah. that. Godzilla blows up the tank, blows up the truck. She survives, but everybody else dies. And generally, everyone kind of blames her for it. And yeah. she feels a lot of shame for it, too. To the point where, like, the military guys, or the defense force guys, I should say, don't. They say, like, we're not blaming you, but, like, we're going to make you work in the archives yeah. now. Yeah, she definitely got demoted. Right. And so, on the other side... So, while she's doing her thing there, on the other side, there is this doc, uh, scientist doctor guy, professor at a university. And single father. And single father. That's a big, important thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's goofy as fuck. I thought... I hoped. <laughs> when we saw... I was like, I've never seen this Japanese. I probably could have at any time, but I just never did. I was hoping he would be a little more, like, solid Mm -hmm. as a character in Japanese. And I was hoping that a lot of his goofiness was just coming from the dub. It's not. It's really not. Like, (laughs) it's just not. He is weird as hell. Um, He's not bad. Or, I mean, he's like... I don't know. In the Japanese version, it so like in the English version, I was always kind of like weirded out because he hits on the pilot yeah. woman. Like his whole goal is to like take her out on a date. Yeah. And in English, it just feels maybe it's because his voice actor is so sounds so much older than her voice actor. In English, I'm like, man, how much older is this guy than her? I know. I that was a little bit weird to me. It's not as heavy hitting in Japanese. I'll say that because they sound like their voices sound more like oh these people. Are within you know no more than five years of each other, mm-hmm. whereas in English they sound like a decade apart. Like it starts <laughs> sound, it sounds a little weird. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that, but um yeah. So he lives. He is this like at the forefront scientist of essentially making like cybernetic organisms out of the DNA of other things. Yeah. So like when we're introduced to him, he's showing a bunch of students a trilobite that he essentially like resurrected with cyborg parts. And they're all, like, in shock and awe of it. And he kind of starts waxing poetic about how he wants to save all the species and the animals with this technology that's, like, you know, this cyber, the cyborg thing, right? Mm-hmm. None of them are, no one would care. And the Japanese government's like, hey, we need your help. And they bring him. And this is one of the scenes I don't think is in the American one as long. The scene was pretty amazing. Where the, with the skeleton? Yeah. Yeah. And so they bring a lot of, like, um, different scientists like there's this one lady that whose research focuses on microwaves mm-hmm. and then I forget the other guy the roboticist yeah uh, that and then so basically the top yeah. minds of Japan right so they bring them all to this like secret government location and they're all sitting in this room and the room actually starts moving right they're just like, this is what we have brought you here for. And they see the skeleton of the first Godzilla. Yep. And it's a cool, they're all like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, they all get yeah. up and they're just like, Whoa. It's a cool looking, it's a cool looking shot. Like the window opens and they're underwater and it's this giant like tank with the 1950s. So in this timeline of, so like I said, not all Godzilla movies occur concurrently. Um, in this particular timeline, I guess for this movie, the events of 1954 happened and then they killed that Godzilla because they do go kind of on like a talk about it like the first prime minister she's talking about it Mm -hmm. she says Godzilla destroyed Tokyo in 1954 and then Mothra did it and then they developed like the lasers when they fought the gargantuans and whatever Mm -hmm. so Godzilla happened they killed Godzilla yeah but then now there's a new Godzilla 
that attacked that killed um, yeah that is unfazed by these phasers that they created mazers i don't know i assume it means like monster laser yeah (laughs) i don't know if they ever say i mean they probably do in war the gargantuas but i've never seen it so i don't know but yeah like this new godzilla is like he doesn't take any damage from these lasers he's bigger he's better yeah (laughs) ladies and gentlemen it's too much for mr incredible yeah, he, he's immune to it. And they're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? Exactly, because he's just kind of going through and just wrecking, wrecking the place. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go into people's houses at night and wreck up the place. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's destroying stuff. So they're like, we want to build, we want to take these bones. And it's kind of, I like, so first this, for those of you who are anime fans, it's kind of like a not as into like not as high intellectual thing about like Evangelion because they're like we want to take the bones of the old Godzilla we're going to use its DNA and some cool robotic shit and we're going to build our own Godzilla with you know like laser cannons and hookers Mm -hmm. and like we're going to kill the other one we're going to kill the current living Godzilla and it's just like everyone's like holy shit and he's like can you do that and everyone's like I mean I guess so yeah and they get through it pretty quickly well, with building the robot like two years i think it takes them yeah but still starts that's in like pretty fast yeah yeah um two three years uh, three yeah. years i guess but yeah because the at first the professor doesn't want to do it and there's this goofy scene where we introduce his daughter and that there's they live together there's no mom and they the japanese version really drives home that the mom is dead mm-hmm in the beginning and I don't feel like the English version does that so much they kind of just like yeah the mom's not a, not in the picture and you find out later of course when they talk about it like she died and stuff but yeah, they kind of make it more apparent like the way the girl is like caring for the plant the plant has like a seat at the table and there's only three seats at the table that kind of thing um, and she's trying to convince her dad to do the thing to work on the project because he's like no I'm not going to build this weapon mm-hmm. he's like besides I like want to stay with you you like a couple jokes. This movie has solidly subtle jokes, in my opinion. Like the whole thing where she's oh, like, "Oh yeah, the bacon, the and- bacon, yeah, <laughs> eat your vegetables." It's like, why don't you eat vegetables? Because I don't like vegetables. The end. Like, there's no <laughs> explanation. And then um, when she's like, "Oh, we could do it like the baseball players, where they sign the contracts and let their oh, kids yeah. stay in the dugout," and like. It's that joke is in the English version, and I never really understood it because I was like, "Is this a thing?" I'm not a baseball fan, so I didn't know it was a thing, but um. Yeah, it, it's just delivered nicer in the Japanese one because she's like, oh, they'll let me at the lab or whatever. And he's like, I'm not going to ask that. And then the government guys come to the door and immediately say, like, we could do it just like those baseball players where your daughter can come into the dugout. <laughs> too. And he's just like, well, damn it, I'll do it. And then, yeah, we get the time jump, I think, like three years. Yeah, or so. we're like, they're both living on the base. Mm-hmm. I thought this next part was really funny, too, where she's with like a group of oh, other the kids. kids. Yeah. And she's. And they're just like, wow, I can't imagine like living there, like, you know, at this like secret location or whatever uh, with a bunch of government shit going on. And she's just like, bye. And just waltz in, (laughs) says hi to the guard. The guard's like, welcome home. Yeah. (laughs) And it's even better because they're like, hey, did you know they're building a giant robot to fight Godzilla in there? And everyone's like, no, really? Like, wow, I wonder what it would be like to see that. And she's like, yeah, anyway, I got to go home. Like, where do you live? It's like right here at the, you know. The building, and then yeah, yeah, you get that mean guard who suddenly he he appears twice in this movie. Oh, I don't remember what the right. other part was, but he comes up again, and he does that same like, 
completely change mood and yeah. move robotically thing. And I'm like, is he a person? <laughs> but, but anyway, yeah. yeah. So they're at the base and they build they build Mechagodzilla. Or in this film, they call him Kiru. And I don't know why. Um, I don't yeah. know what it means. I don't know what it is. But they call Mechagodzilla. Mechagodzilla is used interchangeably with Kiru. Um, which probably has a meaning of something. Yeah. But anyway... But they also, yeah. Um, yeah, so they finish up Kiru and then they um, try to assemble like the squadron um, who are going oh, yeah, to be yeah. in charge of like controlling Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. And the, I guess the head of the squadron, um, he goes to enlist the woman that we talked about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, who's kind of like, you know, she's very like solitary um, mm-hmm. as a result of like, all these people that died um, when they yeah. first yeah, encountered the second Godzilla. This was something that kind of threw me off, too, because before the complete time jump and they announce, the government announces we're building a Mecha Godzilla. Mm-hmm. she is, like, watching TV in the archives or whatever, and, like, someone walks up, says something about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, and they're like, okay, we'll see you later, and they walk away, and she's just, like, really watching this TV. And I think it's trying to show, because right after that, she starts working out, like, she starts training. Yeah. And I feel like they were trying to show her, like, determination and that this is, like, a vengeance thing or, like, a redemption thing for her. Like, if she can use Kiru to kill Godzilla, then she'll be kind of redeemed for those people dying. Yeah. But, I mean, this is, like, my umpteenth watch of the film, and it took me this long to really put that together because I was like, oh, I figured she was just working out because she was in the military. Like, I don't know. Like, I just always thought she was just working out. Um, but no, I think, I think it's that. And I think they could have leaned into it a little bit hard because the next time we see her is what you're saying, Amber, is when her commander comes in and is like, Hey, uh, you know, I want you on the team. Yeah. Right. Start, or the team to try out for the piloting yeah. job. Yeah. And of course, like they have this like sequence of like training that they have to go through but she's been training for quite a while like she's very determined um and she ends up being the one that they pick to be the pilot for mechagodzilla yeah but not after all that shit because she gets all that shit from that that yeah so the brother of um one of the guys that died yeah. yeah um so he blames her basically for the death of her brother and for everybody else that died um because like you said she was I think she was like the only survivor. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's implied she's the, her her CO might have survived, but I think it's implied she's the yeah. Only one that and so they kind of have like a thing or whatever where he's just like get her off the team, like she doesn't mm-hmm. belong here. Uh, but then you have the scientist guy who kind of brings a little bit of comedy to it. Yeah, to kind of like not make it so serious, uh, which I thought was. Because he's just like trying to get to like know this girl. She's like right. clearly not interested. Um, she's just like, oh, okay. Like, she's really nice to the girl. Like, her and the girl have, well, like, a really good connection. And that's the thing. In in this, they, they kind of do and they kind of don't. Like, they have, like, a falling out most oh, of the Oh, that's right, movie. yeah. But in the English one, that doesn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. in the English one, it, it might happen, but it's worded differently to where you don't, it doesn't feel that way. Like, gotcha. it doesn't feel like this little girl is, like, against this woman being in her life in any way, shape, or yeah. form. Yeah. But in the Japanese one, she's kind of like, geez, like, like she's just like, at first it's this woman that my dad is hitting on. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes like, I hate this woman because she's so self-deprecating and she sucks and whatever. And then 
everybody has an arc and she ends up being okay. Yeah. In the American one, they play it very much like she's an immature child like that doesn't understand uh, the nuance of things. Yeah. And so it's a little weird. It's like more militaristic in that regard. But yeah, that dude sucks. And I never noticed that she doesn't wear the hat before. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like she kind of alienates herself by like not feeling like she deserves to wear like the little insignia hat the entire film. Yeah. Until like the climax. And I was like, huh, I never noticed. And maybe it's just because it was giant and in front of me this time that I was like, oh, yeah, she did put the hat down. I never paid attention to that. But yeah. So yeah, they do the thing. They train. She gets selected to be the pilot for Mecha G before yeah. instead of mm-hmm. anyone else. And so now, you know, brother of uh, one of her former compatriots is really, really pissy. And he beats up Dr. Man in the in the cafeteria. Yeah, that's right. And then she kicks his ass and she's like, that's like... I think it's a good way because she's like the whole time she's like you can just basically she's saying you can insult the shit out of me. Yeah. But the minute you start fucking with other people like that you've gone she straight up says like you've gone too far. Yeah. Like, cut it out. Um, but yeah so then we get our first test drive of Mecha G. Uh, oh we're also introduced to Mecha G's accoutrement of weapons in like a video. Yeah. The main gimmick of this film is that because there's always got to be a gimmicky thing. Um is Below that, zero. Yeah, the absolute zero gun. Uh, <laughs> which is like a giant Iron Man-esque chest blast that, what is it, like redu- the, the hokey science is like it reduces the atoms to absolute zero and yeah. everything just crumbles because they're not moving or something like that. Yeah. The idea being shoot Godzilla with it, he'll just freeze and then, and then shatter. fall apart. Yeah, yeah shatter and fall apart. So if they can, but it takes, you know, a minute, it uses a bunch of power. They also explain that like Kiru, it, in true Evangelion fashion, Kiru has a battery that doesn't last forever. Yeah. So it, and like the, the freezer gun uses like 40% of it or something like that. They can recharge Kiru remotely using microwaves somehow. Um, I guess maybe that's the thing. I don't know if that's still. I don't know if that's really a thing. It, it sounds a little too far fetched, but hey, who knows? Um, they can recharge Kira with microwaves, but like it takes time, right? So if he's like in the middle of fighting Godzilla, it's not exactly like a beneficial thing. Yeah. To do. So you know they do that, then Godzilla comes in the middle of all this, and they're like, "Time to go fight Godzilla with Kiru. And at first, it's going pretty well. Like Kiru's kicking Godzilla's yeah. ass until Kiru hears Godzilla roar. It has like starts Normandy Beach, like yeah, flashbacks. Vietnam, yeah, World Vietnam. War Two flashback type <laughs> stuff going on <laughs> to 1954. You know, uh, Creedence starts playing in the background, <laughs> um, and yeah, he's he. It, I this to me is the coolest part about both of these movies is that Kiru is like a living thing. Yeah. And it's just like, when it just stops, and they're like, what's wrong with it? And you get this, it's kind of cheesy, but it's so fucking cool to me. It's like, he raises his head up, and instead of his eyes being yellow, they're now red. And he, like, roars. And it's like this Godzilla roar, but, like, metallicized. So it's like, it sounds, like, thin and tinny, but, like, like it's coming out of a speaker or something. And it's just like, oh, shit, another Godzilla, the living Godzilla's like, yeah, I'm out. And he just, like, leaves. While Kiru just rampages on, like, a Super Godzilla mode. Yeah, and the only thing they can do is just let it, like, continue doing that until it runs out of batteries because there's no other way to stop it because it's out of control, Evangelion fashion. Exactly. They're just like, what do we do? It's like shooting things with all these cannons and the masers and the rock. It's like like fucking leveling this place. 
And they're like, what do we do? It's like, the only thing, he's like, it's not responding to anything. We have to just wait for it to run out of battery. And they're like, how much battery, how much, how long is that going to be? And they bring up a timer and they're all like, their faces all drop and they're like two hours. And it's just like, oh fuck. Like he's got two hours. Yeah. And by the time that it's actually done, like it shuts off, like it just, the camera kind of like goes outward to Mm -hmm. show you like how much damage that Mechagodzilla has done to Tokyo. So that like fun little factoid about that i'm pretty sure that that is supposed to be kind of a callback to the 1954 movie Mm. there's a very famous shot in that where when godzilla actually does raid tokyo and destroy it i think like halfway through they do the same thing in shin godzilla too but in the original godzilla they just he levels tokyo and there's a shot where everything is on fire and in the background godzilla is standing there and you see just how small it, he is compared to like the destruction that he created and i think that's what they're trying to kind of bounce off for this so it's kind of a neat it's neat that they like pay attention to these things and they they sort of stick them in there um without being too you know melodramatic i guess about it mm-hmm. but yeah so they're like what the fuck do we do with this thing how do we fix it and it becomes you know another we got to fix this fucking thing People at first think that it's our, you know, main pilot girl's fault that she did something. And it's like, no, she didn't do anything. Like, it lost control. Like, the computer screen straight up just, like, out of control. (laughs) And they're, like, trying to figure out what triggered him. They realize it's the DNA from Godzilla and all that stuff. And they go to fix Kiru. Um, And then, yeah, like, we kind of do a little bit of farting around there. We get some more backstory about our main gal and the daughter kind of having that similar relationship with the plant and how they like, you know, pilot is very, she is very like, just, 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 I don't give a shit about anything. Nothing matters. Everything is shit. No one cares about me and I don't care about anybody. Whereas the daughter is like, no, like life is so amazing. It's so worth living. But at the same time, the daughter, and this is only, this I didn't realize until we saw in Japanese, the daughter is like against Mecha Godzilla fighting Godzilla. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of those 90s, early 2000s Japanese, little Japanese kids have psychic powers thing. Because she's like, say, like in, so in the American version, she just says like, I don't think they should fight. Yeah. Why can't we be friends? And they treat it like you don't understand that's not how this works. In this, she implies like she's talked to Kiru. And she's like, Mega Godzilla doesn't want to fight Godzilla. It yeah. just wants to chill out. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, this makes more sense now. But nobody listens to her, of course. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, we're, we got to kill Godzilla. Oh boy, here I go killing again. And so in the next part, they, they try and find Godzilla, I guess, um, because... Well, they're tracking him. Yeah, they're yeah. tracking him. Um, and they end up, they do end up fighting him Mm -hmm. and they have, this is kind of starts like the second battle. Yeah. The like final showdown. Yeah. But the prime minister, I guess, is very hesitant to use Mechagodzilla again uh, based on what happened before. And so it takes a lot of like, um, like trying to get him to like, like, yeah, convincing him to like authorize it. Um, and so you have like the you know, head of the squadron, he like flies over to the capital. Yeah, the capital. And it's just like, please like let us use Mechagodzilla. Mm -hmm. Whereas everybody else is like, don't use Mechagodzilla. 
Because well, um, they're throwing everything they can at Godzilla, but he's just kind of walking through it. Yeah. Like, it's not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, yeah, it's just not doing anything. And so finally, they're just like, okay, like, go and do it. And I like that scene with, like, um, like the main girl and, um, like, the younger girl. The daughter? Yeah, the daughter. Yeah. Um, where she's just like, don't die. You know, like, right. you are, you, you know, are impor- important. Like, yeah, you're not point because the the pilot thinks that her life means nothing yeah and she's like if i die like Like no one's gonna give a shit yeah exactly which is not true right um and so they kind of have this like moment um where they like actually shake hands or something like that yeah when she's on her way out so like at this point we've kind of done like a character bit of our pilot has learned from the girl that she that someone gives a shit about her yeah and from her team, they give her the hat. After Guy comes to harass her again, this time everyone stands up for her mm-hmm. because she saved him. Yeah. He almost died and she saved him. That's right. Yeah. Um, Like his plane went down and so she landed her. They landed hers. She got out, saved him and they all got away. And so he's all mad because. And man, this. I feel like there's somebody, there's plenty of people nowadays that would be exactly like this. They're like, oh, you just saved me because it makes you look good, huh? And it's like every, his buddy, his like wingman the entire time, straight looks at him and is like, bruh, like, yeah, she saved like, your fucking life, what dude. Fuck? What the hell? <laughs> like, you really think she just saved your life because, like, she wanted to look good like who the fuck do you think you are yeah. like what the hell yeah like we're all part of a team and right. like if you can't you know see that then like you shouldn't be here which is kind of a theme that i think it's expanded upon in the next movie now that now that you pointed it out but yeah um so she's feeling all right about herself she goes they pot they take kiru in the fight um and him and godzilla fight again and like it's a it's a pretty cool fight but there's a little <laughs> this is where this is the second time, like, Kung Fu Godzilla comes in. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the yeah. jumping around. And <laughs> it's, just, like, it's mostly with Kiru, and I understand the point is to, like, show how it's superior, like, how it's more mobile, it can move around and shit. But it's so goddamn cheesy. Like, it, it's very anime. Like, it's very mech. This whole movie is very mech anime. And it's like sliding around and doing flips and shit, and you know this. There's one other movie where Godzilla does stuff like that. It that happened, I think, two movies before this one, and it's like, nah, it's weird. I don't like it. But in the next one, there's a lot more Godzilla flipping around and cartwheels and shit. These things are doing, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it comes in and it's kind of stunting on Godzilla. It's beating the shit out of it. It's got cannons. It's got the laser cannons. The regular missiles it's shooting things rockets all this crap um and we get you know it's a great fight like they're just fighting and then you know shit goes south um because they've been so for pref- to preface they've been piloting godzilla mecha godzilla remotely like they fly it from a jet yeah they're not in it right it's not like gundam or something but it gets damaged they can't res- it's not responding and godzilla's kind of destroying stuff so they distract Godzilla while our main pilot she goes into Mechagodzilla and decides to pilot it from the inside some stuff happens this inspirational like give me power moment occurs where she understands Kiru now and it turns on and it's kind of this 
more symbiotic let's finish this fight mm-hmm. where it's like now I'm piloting you but you're working with me sort of type thing Kiru fires they they I think they fired off like twice because they fire the ant the absolute zero gun they miss they hit all these buildings and like yeah, fucks I was everything like, up well, yeah that building's evaporate like <laughs> yeah, everyone's like oh it missed I'm like well did you ever think about what would happen if it did because yeah. like they get Godzilla on the ropes and he pulls a cheap shot um, and then finally, you know, after all this hubbub, they're like, I got an idea. And she takes Kiru in, grabs Godzilla, flies out to the ocean. And then f- the whole time charging the Sub-Zero, it's cool. Like she's charging the Sub-Zero yeah. thing or Absolute Zero thing, gets into the water. And then like they hit the water and then she fires it and it spirals up the like water shot up in the air and it all freezes into this pillar and everyone's like waiting like oh my god are they alive yeah and then godzilla gets up he just gets up yeah, and has but a he's gash like heavily damaged yeah. yeah and so he's just kind of walking away right um and so i definitely like this ending though where so like the main character survives mm-hmm. and yeah, she's yeah mega g gets up yeah. yeah and so she just kind of stares out um like out to Godzilla mm-hmm. and she you know it com- comes to that realization of like you know like I guess which we get into the next movie about like killing Godzilla mm-hmm. and how that might not be you know the right thing to do right and later on she says like you know it was like a draw because everybody's just like oh this is like a win like we did it well they have the um, bet the the dad and her have that silly yeah. bet where he tries to he tries to skirt, and I hoped this was the one line in the whole movie that I was like, I hope this lands better in Japanese. It doesn't. <laughs> um, earlier, they're talking on the roof, and he says something like, oh, well, if G can't beat Godzilla, then that's a failure. Or he goes, I'll make a bet with you. If we, if G can beat Godzilla, I'll take you out to dinner. And then he says, but if G fails, then its creator owes you a meal and since I'm its creator I owe you a meal and yeah at the end she, they he comes over and he says oh I owe you that meal or whatever this is the stinger right wasn't this the stinger for the movie like yeah. the post credits bit mm-hmm. and he says uh you know I guess I owe you a meal because uh he's like oh geez guess I owe you dinner yeah. <laughs> like because it didn't work and then she's like no it was a draw and it's like Oh, and she's like, so I owe you dinner. And they're like, hey. And like him and his daughter are like, yes. And like <laughs> high five. And I guess they all go to dinner. But I like this ending too. I think I'll say this now as we're bridging the two. These movies, at least of this era, play like Korean or Japanese dramas like on TV. Yeah. Like I've never watched them until I met you. <laughs> but... Ever since we did watch a few of these, like Korean dramas pretty much, mostly, I'm like, wow, the story beats and the the musical bits, every, it's just the same thing. And it makes me appreciate these movies a little bit more because they don't feel as weirdly structured. Yeah. And it kind of makes me want like a Godzilla... Like it makes... It, it feels like there should be a kind of Japanese drama type show set in a world like this mm-hmm. I mean I guess that's just like anime like animes do that but like still like it just seems like oh have these like human stories going on in this setting 
where they also pilot mecha monsters to fight other monsters, that kind of thing. I mean, I guess like Gundam kind of does that, but still, like, not everything is the focus. Um, so I just thought that was wild. So thank you for opening my eyes to that whole genre of you're welcome of TV. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what? So overall, what do you think of uh, now that we've touched it? Before we jump into the next one. Any new thoughts on, on Godzilla against Mechagodzilla or like what, you know, what did you think of it overall? I think overall, honestly, it might be a better movie than the new one that just came out where they don't want to call it Mechagodzilla. Uh, they like skirt around. You mean yeah. in, in Kong? Yeah, in yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. See so, previous episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like skirt like, this is not a robo Godzilla. It's a, it's a. Mecha Godzilla and it's like yeah okay yeah um so they I think this movie did that a lot better but I mean the focus of that movie was a little bit different just because True. they also had Kong involved um but I think in terms of like Mecha Godzilla they put you know a lot of um thought and like and effort into like the creation of Mecha Godzilla mm-hmm. and then you also of course had a lot of like I guess you could say human problems going on, like human drama. And yeah. like, it wasn't so much like a focus on Godzilla as I feel like we do with these newer movies that are coming out. Like right. Godzilla is just kind of there. Right. And yeah, he's like a nuisance, but it kind of opens up to a lot of like, you know, problems that the characters like realize that they have or realize mm-hmm. that they need to like overcome. Right. And I think that's something about like, and we'll get into it in a minute with Tokyo SOS, but I think that's something that's really cool about the Mechagodzilla movies since Mechagodzilla 2 mm-hmm. in the 90s. So since then, humans have built Mechagodzilla. Originally in the Showa era, 70s films, aliens built Mechagodzilla to take over the world. Um, so excluding those two films, when humans build the mechs in the 90s and in, in the early 2000s here, I feel like you're absolutely right. Like it, it's, I think it's a really nice balance of the monsters are propagating this issue, like the plot. Like in Tokyo SOS, it's both Mothra and Godzilla are kind of like instigating this issue. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the human drama element revolves around what can they do. And in other movies, like in Godzilla vs. Kong, all they can do is just get Kong to the place to hopefully do the thing, right? They're mm-hmm. like Skarsgård and stuff. They're not really doing anything. They're just like, it's a it's a fetch quest or a delivery quest, right? We got to get Kong to the center of the earth to stop Godzilla. In this movie, they're like, we have to find a way to beat Godzilla, and you start getting into questions of like, is this the right thing to do? Because they're basically like robbing a grave of this first, like turning something into a weapon, you know, like resurrecting something only for it to become a weapon of destruction. Uh, do we even have the right to kill the Godzilla? You know, like there's these levels of, and like who really should be doing this and that kind of thing. And so especially in Tokyo SOS, you get this question of like a, a moral question. You have these human components of like, like in, in Tokyo SOS, he has to kind of betray his grandpa or his uncle. Right. When mm-hmm. he gets when he confronts the, the folks at the defense agency. Yeah. And so you have these extra layers, whereas, you know, I, I would say if you're going to compare it to Godzilla versus Kong, that movie is lacking in a lot of those. Because on the one hand, you have Millie Bobby Brown and the gang, you know, on like a mystery thing, which That's true. 
is probably my least favorite part of that movie. But if it was more of the movie, it wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing because they could flesh it out a little bit. They're on a train for most of it. <laughs> um, and then on the other hand, you have, let's take Kong to the Middle of the Earth, and Godzilla's just kind of around, blowing shit up. This movie is a little bit more like Godzilla is just part of the plot, and we're we're working around Godzilla, but there's all these extra human elements happen. This drama that's in the way. Again, why this isn't a television drama, I don't know. But let's move on to Tokyo SOS. You know, that's a good halfway point. So, Tokyo SOS. Sequel to Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Um, this movie follows immediately after the events of Against and, you know, Godzilla's still out there and it opens, I believe, with a, a young man, his nephew and his uncle. Uncle is, for you guys who are fans of these movies, uncle is Dr. Chujo, the original actor um, from the original Mothra films. Mothra and the fairies come to their house and they're like, hey, you need to destroy, you need to get rid of Kiru or yeah, Mechagodzilla. because Godzilla, as, you know, as I've continued to watch these Godzilla mm-hmm. movies, <laughs> the main factor is that they keep, because Godzilla is an animal. And right. I mean, we just watched this with Nope. No. Um, you have an animal that is territorial and See, anything <laughs> exactly <laughs> shameful and, plug <laughs> and if you have something that is you know antagonizing that yeah you know predator i mean in this case like you know godzilla is a predator so it's just gonna come and attack it mm-hmm. until it you know dies or goes away that's and something so, Godzilla versus Kong did better. Yes. Was establishing that the reason Godzilla's fucking up whatever whatever it was, Sebastian Florida or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Is because it knows the Mecha Godzilla is there. Yeah, exactly. In that but case it's Ghidorah The humans bones, yeah. don't know that. Yeah. And so yeah, like what that's like the whole like problem with like each and every film. Like, that's kind of why he keeps like wrecking shit, but like people don't realize it. And so they're, you know, these fairies are like, hey, you need to like get rid of Mecha Godzilla. If you do, Mothra will kind of be like the mm-hmm. protector for like the people of like Japan. Right. Um, but make sure to return the bones to, you know, its grave basically, which is in the ocean. Yeah, because they present kind of the moral question of like, or the moral problem, which is like life. I think, well, what does Dr. Drew say? Like, life is supposed to be lived during the time which nature allows or something like yeah. that. And the idea here is that not only did you break that rule and resurrect the 54 yeah. Godzilla, but you turned it into nothing but a weapon. Yeah. Um, it's almost like you're puppeteering it against its will. Like wow, it doesn't have an like, agency. Nope. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a lot more direct because instead of taking the nope alien and making it a robot, you literally have a robot monster. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, so, you know, Mothra and then Mothra, the, I love, I didn't know this until we were watching it earlier. Um, so they also established that our main character, Yoshi, he is in love with machinery. He has been working the flight crews for like all of these different fighter jets through the military. And now he's in the flight crew for um, Mechagodzilla. He asks, because they, they rightfully so say, well, we can't get rid of Mechagodzilla yeah. because he's the only thing that we can use to fight Godzilla with. Yeah. Like, and that's when they offer Mothra. And they're like, well, you know, in the 60s, Mothra destroyed Tokyo. So can we really trust Mothra? Yeah. And you get a lot of layers here of like, that's a good question. 
Um, but he says, what if we don't? And the fairies just casually are like, well, then Mothra will declare war on mankind. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? And then you hear like the, the Mothra cry outside and they go out outside, which Dr. Chujo is banging like giant cabin somewhere. It's fucking nice. He, they look out and Mothra's just chilling on the edge of a cliff. And he's just watching them. And, of course, this the cold open of this movie is Mothra zipping to Japan. Uh, and the Air Force, or the, maybe the Japanese Defense Force, chasing him in the sky and, like, shooting missiles at him to no avail. And, or her to no avail and all this stuff. But then it's just kind of like Mothra's chilling outside like, yeah, you heard him. <laughs> War on mankind. <laughs> and so the fairies disappear when Mothra flies away. And they're all kind of left with this how do we... You know, the uncle, Dr. Chujo, he is like, I got to stop. I got to convince the prime minister not to do this. And then at the same time, our main character, Yoshi, he is just like, I don't know what to do because he loves like it's it's like his life has been committed to like working on this thing. Yeah. And so on the one hand, you have this thing you're very passionate about that, you know, can stop Godzilla. You've seen it do it. But war against mankind (laughs) like you got this you know ominous warning and all that stuff so a a good chunk of the beginning of this movie is them kind of having to balance that yeah but we do get the little cameo from our our main pilot gal from the last film doctor and daughter are not in this film which i guess that dinner didn't go all too hot or something because she's like i'm going to america to train (laughs) yeah weird how that one panned out (laughs) but yeah the the original what's left of the original cast comes for like a goodbye, they're going to. They're saying they're going to America to learn how better piloting or something. I guess some kind of training is what they say. Yeah, and they're going to make a new crop of pilots for Mechagodzilla. One of whom used to do flight crew stuff with Yoshi. Um, so this movie is like a lot more. So Amber, like I said earlier, Amber's point was that teamwork and against Mechagodzilla, mm-hmm. right? In this one, they expand that because he's not the ace pilot. We see, like, a shitty Tom Cruise knockoff Top Gun guy. <laughs> they even introduce him, like, oh, he's a Top Gun. He's a da 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 And he's an asshole. He's a oh, piece of yeah. shit. He's trying to beat up Yoshi all the time. But and then Yoshi, it, like, you have him and his buds. And again, it plays like an anime or like a Japanese drama. You have, like, your main character. You have his, like, buddies kind of on the side. And they aren't pilots. They aren't there to shoot the guns to actually fight Godzilla. They're just there to fix and maintain Mechagodzilla. And it's kind of cool because a lot of the shit that you saw in the previous film, the high-level stuff, is not in their view, right? Like, he's not watching the Prime Minister talk. He's watching him from down in the garage. They fixed Godzilla, and he's looking up, and he just sees him talking. Like, he's not there. He's not on the front line doing the thing. And I think that's kind of cool because that's also sort of the the theme of it is that Top Gun guy is like, fuck you, stupid mechanic. Like, you don't know how to do shit. Like, you don't understand. And he's like, you don't give a shit about your planes and stuff. You just rip them apart until they're done and then fuck off. Yeah, it kind of gives, like, a different perspective. I like it, personally. I like it because maybe every other one of these movies is from that pilot ace pilot perspective right like the hero is the badass pilot or hero heroic scientist what he's just this dude that fixes the thing i'm the dude so that's what you call me you know uh that or uh his dudeness or uh duder or 
you know, El Dudorino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. But yeah, so Godzilla comes and attacks, right? And uh, this movie only has one fight sequence. It's just really yeah. long. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's actually in terms of like content, it's really short. Yeah. Um, but it has like a longer battle. Um, and so Godzilla comes and then you also have Mothra who is... I guess they decided not to use Mecha Godzilla because that would mean war. Yeah. So they were just like, okay, we're just going to go with, you know, what Mothra said. And so Mothra is out there fighting Godzilla, um, starts to get their ass whooped. Yeah, she's not, not doing too Yeah, well. not doing very well at all. And meanwhile... Oh, no, we skipped We skipped the why Mothra's even there, though, because what happened was the defense people, like I said earlier, call Yoshi in. And they're like, is what your uncle's saying true? Mm-hmm. Is Did Mothra really show up at his house? Did the fairies really oh, promise to right. protect them? And the whole time Yoshi has been like sitting there contemplating, what the fuck am I going to say? Yeah. And they kind, he sees his uncle afterwards and they kind of imply based on his uncle's reaction, he sort of threw uncle under the bus and uh, like yeah. didn't confirm it. But uncle has been talking to his grandkid about his stories going to Infant Island in the 60s and explains that the way they were able to stop Mothra was painting this large symbol on an airfield and then giving the fairies back because someone had kidnapped them. So the kid gets the fucking brilliant idea when Godzilla starts attacking to take the little talisman that they give him with the symbol on it, go to, I guess, a school and like impressively (laughs) take desks and chairs out of the school and recreate the symbol yeah Yeah. it was like perfect accuracy it's a little that is probably the most unbelievable thing is that this one kid in like an hour moved 200 desks and chairs out into a parking lot and single-handedly first shot made a perfect representation of this it's got curves and angles (laughs) this is a whole bunch of shit going on does it Dr. Chujo shows up. He's like, Chun, what are you doing? He's like, no, dad. Oh, no, grandpa. Like, listen, shut up. Get out of my way. And he puts the chair down. And then you hear the call of Mothra and the shadow go over. And then, then Mothra starts attacking Godzilla. And this is all, of course, while they're still debating, should we send out Mecha G or whatever? Yeah. And meanwhile, back on Infant Island. Yes. Yes. Back on Infant Island, the fairies start singing. Yes. <laughs> and you see that there is a giant egg. Yep. yep. And they're singing, and oh, there's an egg. And then they go, well, you know what? Mother's getting her ass handed to her. I think we need to send out the big guns and uh, the Mecha G big guns. And they so they're like, we're just going to fucking do it. So they send Kiru out. And, of course, like, Kiru's not ready. Oh, and the, you know, gimmicky or so as a sub-zero absolute zero gun is not a thing in this movie because they're like it's broken (laughs) like I don't know if you caught this they're like talking to the guy that created the absolute zero gun and he just is casual like bring me a diamond this big and he holds his hands out in like a three foot radius he's like I need this big a diamond and your gun will be fixed tomorrow and they're like we can't get a diamond like that we got a budget you know and he's like well then no gun for you and they're like well, what the fuck can it move he's like yeah it can move but what's the point he doesn't have the cool gun so they replace it with like a bigger maser cannon thing okay and they're like we give him a super maser or whatever and I'm like okay whatever <laughs> but yeah so they send Kiru out Kiru is badass as hell in this they gave him a yeah. new arm they gave him that big maser gun and that arm can become like a drill and shit it's cool as fuck. 
and he's got these cool jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they send him out again, and it. At this point, you kind of tell that the fairies and Mothra are like, yeah, you know, might have overreached on this one. Uh, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> and so they kind of start tag teaming the fight with Godzilla. Um, but then back on Infant Island, the egg starts hatching. And the fairies are like, oh, dope. Okay, there's the larval Mothra form. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. What? And another one comes out. And they're like, oh, fuck, they're twins. And it's like, I hate, I hate that this never gets resolved. Because, like, up until now, there's only ever been, like, one Mothra. Yeah. Right? Like, Mothra is a cycle. Two. Yeah. How does the cycle continue if you got two Mothras? What, what the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> we don't know. It never becomes a thing because they don't make a third one. Yeah. They're just there. But they go and they, they go off to help. They help Mama Mothra and Kiru fight. And Mama Mothra sacrifices herself in a literal blaze of glory. Yeah, that's true. That is wild because, like, Godzilla sees the babies and is just like, oh, fuck yeah. And then goes to Atomic Bretham and Mothra swoops in and is like Piccolo and fucking Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it's like, no, kaboom. And just like, why didn't. You die! She bursts into flames. She's we were gone. only born like maybe a couple of hours. Yeah, ago. I know. They swam. It's impressive. They swam all the way to Tokyo <laughs> from fucking Infant Island, wherever that's supposed to be. But yeah, so there's this huge fight at the end, of course, and then it ends where Yoshi go has to go, kind of like the first movie. Yoshi goes to Mekaji, who's down, mm-hmm. gets inside. He's trying to fix it because he's the only one there who can do it. Yeah. And just like our previous pilot gal, she gets bon- he gets bonked on the head and they have that come to Mecca Jesus moment. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> Mecca Jesus. Mecca G- they keep calling him Mecca G the whole movie. So Mecca Jesus moment where he realized he finally gets it. Yeah. He gets what the fairies told him. He gets what the former pilot told him before she left, which we kind of skipped. But she says, sort of says, like, what's the point of this fighting? Kind of kind of parroting what um, the daughter told her in the first movie. And he the whole time is like, no way. I want this thing to fight, blah, blah, blah. And he finally understands it's what Kiru wants. Kiru's alive. You know, doesn't want to fight Godzilla. Just wants to rest. So he's like, all right, let's do this one last time and end this shit. And so... They start fighting Godzilla. Kiru grabs... You know, they lose control of Kiru, of course. Um, it starts kind of operating on its own. Grabs Godzilla. You get, you know, the the larva... Uh, what do they do? They they use fucking string shot and, like, wrap it up. Yeah. Wrap up Godzilla. He grabs Godzilla. Kiru flies out to the ocean. And then... I love the ending (laughs) where he's like, they're like, you got to get out. And his like friend, oh, that's right. right? Like she's the pilot of this other jet and they don't do enough with it, I think. But they kind of imply that she's really into Yoshi and Yoshi just doesn't even realize she's there kind of type thing. (laughs) Oh, no. And he's like trapped and they're like, "Okay, he's going down. All right, great. Everyone's happy. And then she's like, Yoshi, are you in there? And he's like. Yeah, door stuck, and she's like, "Oh fuck no!" and like shoots Mechagodzilla, blows the door off, and then Mechagodzilla kindly like rotates and just dumps Yoshi out, but not before 
having a little thing, I love it, pops up on the screen and says, Sayonara Yoshitaka. Oh, that's and right. And closes the doors, a little poetic moment. He's like, goodbye. Drops him. Douchebag pilot yeah. catches him with the ejector seat. Uh, and then Kiru just dive bombs into the ocean where both him and Godzilla go to the depths, I assumedly. Yeah kills him or whatever takes him down there um and then everybody goes home and they're like holy crap that was wild like good night sweet prince you were <laughs> mechanical to the end um <laughs> but then you get the stinger of this movie which which is just the cool i didn't i didn't know this existed for years and then one day i just left the movie running while i did something else and then I heard the music die down and I went to go turn it off and like something was happening oh and I was like what the fuck and like it zooms out of all that DNA and shit. And then it's like, it says like, it's like in a tube and it's like Godzilla 1954 DNA, like harvested 1999 and like seals it up in this chamber. And it's like, Oh shit. Like people, they didn't just let Godzilla rest. They took some of his cells. They can clone one. Cause they kind of hint that at the beginning of against Mecha Godzilla, but we don't get a third one. Cause I don't think these movies did very good in box office. So Big, big sad, because I think that would have been better than Final Wars. You haven't seen Final Wars, but it is The Matrix meets Godzilla, and it's absolutely bonkers. I mean, wasn't (laughs) it, like, made in 2004, or it was released in 2004, so during the time of all the... Yeah. Because I gotta tell you, those suits reminded me of, like, Spy Kids. I was just like, wow, this is very, like, retro cyber, like... It's nothing. Punk. I'm telling you. Godzilla Final Wars, absolute bananas in every way. <laughs> everything is PVC leather. Everything is quick smash shots. It's just fucking, it's hilarious. It's fun, but it's like a madhouse. Of wow. I would unashamedly say I trade it for a third movie than this, this Ooh, sequence. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, it's fun. I know a lot of people like it, but I would trade Final Wars in a heartbeat for a third uh, Kiru saga film. Mm. But that's just me. So, <laughs> that'll do it for both of those movies. Amber, what did you think of Tokyo SOS? And then any greater compare, contrast, you know, five paragraph essay-esque <laughs> conversation <laughs> points. What? No. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like compare, you know, comparing the two, like what did you like about what more than the other? And then overall, since we haven't really touched on it, I just what did you think of Tokyo? Yeah, I just thought like Tokyo was okay, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as good as Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. I thought that movie was definitely better. Um, but I did like having, you know, a sequel to that movie. Mm-hmm. And I kind of agree with you, like a third one would probably be fine. Yeah. Um, but then again, like Mechagodzilla is technically yeah, that's not true. alive anymore. So, yeah, I definitely like Tokyo SOS. I think it was fine. Um, I liked how they brought back some people. That was cool, too. I like that um, it was and connected, just yeah. Really stretching on this idea that like we shouldn't treat animals like <laughs> shit, basically. Yeah. Um, or just like use them as like weapons or like amusement or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's and then just I feel like every Godzilla movie, there's that like main like there's this main theme that's like centered around it. Um yeah. where it's like Godzilla is kind of a part of our lives and we yeah. can't really get rid of him because 
him or her or whatever. Um, but we can't get rid rid of them. Like yeah. they're always going to. There's always going to be another one. And I think that's like such an interesting concept. Um, this idea of like you know just kind of like part of the natural world. Mm-hmm. Whereas everything else like Tokyo, you know, based on like the recent movies that have come out, it will always be growing. It'll always be changing. Right. Technology will always be getting better, but still. Godzilla remains. Yeah, well, very, very well, well put. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you'll, you, well, I'll get to that in a minute, I guess. But <clears throat> I think you're right. I mean, especially the 80s, 90s movies, like by or 1984 on, those movies are so heavily like anti-nuclear stuff, while also being like Godzilla becomes kind of nature, whereas before Godzilla was more representative of like the atomic bomb. Yeah. In the 80s and 90s, and then even into the 2000s, it's this sort of representation of nature, I think. And I think the interest, the most interesting thing to me, which is, in, I think, more pronounced, far more pronounced in Tokyo SOS, is that it's not a return to Monk kind of type thing, <laughs> you know? Like, because like, if you look at it, right, the fairies say, throw out your abomination against our god. Yeah. And we will protect you. Nature, Mothra in this case, is representation for nature, will protect you from the bad shit, which is also nature, Godzilla. But when the time finally comes for that to happen, Mothra is like, oh man, this is a bit more than I could chew. Yeah, like, oh fuck, (laughs) I'm not going to come out of this okay. To where if you took it as just Mothra fought Godzilla and then Mothra dies, you know, the babies are born, and then they go to fight Godzilla. There's no way in fucking hell. A full, one full-grown Mothra, <laughs> I feel like, is still worth more than two baby Mothras. Yeah. There's no way that nature on its own can win. Yeah. Right? But I think what both of these movies try to show is that, like, symbiosis of, like, modern man-made industry mm-hmm. and nature coming together in Mechagodzilla. Because the only times they ever beat him is when they're not just like go Kiru go and like trying to control him from yeah. a distance they're like no I'm with I'm like physically right here with you both of our lives are on the line and we got to work together on this yeah and it's always shown in the jet loses control and whoever's inside Kiru has control of it but at the same time they respond they're connected to them mm-hmm. and I think that's cool because it doesn't it's not so cliche like progress is terrible stop building things return to monk we need to live in the caves once more like whereas at the same time it's not like technology will override anything nature can throw at it like you know there's not one or the other it's a balance of the two and I think that's what everyone in this movie learns including the fairies and the mothras in this case though you said you liked against better than Tokyo why specifically did you like against better I just felt I had a better plot. Yeah. Yeah. I think just with the main character and also being very like female led, but then having like this person who is, who likes to work alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so much like, you know, with other characters, you have that one main character that is like the shit, like, like you said, the top gun. Yeah. You have the top gun. Um, guy, which yeah. I mean, she is pretty good at what she does, but she's also not well liked by other people Mm -hmm. which was kind of interesting yeah they give her a good arc because it's not you it's not you used to be cocky and you fucked up it's just that like you made a mistake and you want to redeem yourself but you're also like so like like you don't care about anyone to the point of being kind of like an asshole 
Yeah. And she had to learn along the way that, like, you know, there are people that, like, that do care for her and she needs to, you know, also care about other people as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I think, like, she kind of got, like, so far away from it that it was just kind of like, oh, I don't care what happens. But except for, you know, having this, like, revenge against Godzilla. Yeah, it feels like it's like redemption, but if it's, it's you know what it is, it's survivor's guilt. Yeah, is what it ultimately ends up being. It's like my life is so unimportant. I didn't deserve to survive. It's all my fault. I'm gonna do what I can, but honestly, I'd prefer to die trying than mm-hmm. actually come out of this on the other side. And in the end, she learns that that's not necessarily a good thing, right? She learns that that's not what she needs to be doing. She yeah. should she should want to live. As a little kid tells her, you know, life every life is important, you know, including yours. Yeah, I think uh, Against is a lot tighter than Tokyo SOS. Um, I like that Tokyo SOS. I like the perspective of it, but I do think that Yoshi is a weaker character because his whole thing is that he's just like obsessed with this machine. Yeah. And it, like, I understand that's like the devotion you've devoted your life to this thing, and now someone's asking you to throw it away on this potentially flimsy promise that they'll do it for you. But like, I don't know. It just I wish there was a little bit more of a drum, dramatic element there because a lot of this movie, he's just in his head and people are trying to talk to him mm-hmm. and he's not paying attention. Again, kind of comes off like Evangelion again. But yeah. we're not talking about Evangelion today. Maybe one day, but definitely not today. And it definitely won't be one episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I think that's going to cover everything about both these movies. Um it's really easy to kind of speed run these guys because it's mostly fighting. But, I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but they're cool. Like, I would, uh, well, you know what? Let me get your thoughts first. Final words, you know, final things you want to say about either of these films or both of them. Uh, your rating, of course. And then, I guess, suggestion. And then you kind of already said which one you like better. So, obviously, you know, you like against more than Tokyo SOS. So, you don't necessarily have to rank them. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Because you already did. But yeah, like, would you suggest people watch this movie? The, okay. This set of movies, I guess. Okay. So, like, my rating for Mecha Godzilla versus, or Godzilla versus, or against Mecha Godzilla um, would be like a seven and a half out of ten. Okay. So it was okay. But you know me, I'm not like super into, yeah, like, yeah. yeah Godzilla movies that much. Um, Tokyo SS would probably be like, yeah, like a 6.8 or 7 out of 10 for me so okay. just a little bit weaker and I would definitely suggest though that people watch it especially if you're into like monster fighting movies mm-hmm. um, and especially if you like watching like older movies because um, I see a whole shit ton on Amazon and HBO it's just Max. such a shock how old these movies are too now because like I grew up with these thinking you know and I'm thinking like yeah 2002 2004 yeah. that was just a couple decades ago fuck because <laughs> they made like dr chujo menji's like yeah 40 years ago i went to infinite island i was like the 60s weren't oh my god yeah reminders <laughs> of my own mortality oh, look how old <laughs> you've become yeah no. yeah. um but yeah so and i think i think it'll be interesting to see if they you know because uh, Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. That was, they redid that, um, like you said, from like the last one that was uh, oh, released then. in the 1950s. Oh yeah, well, so so this is like the second version of the movie. This is the third 
iteration of God Mecha Godzilla. Oh, so there's okay. one from the 70s that mm-hmm. was one of the, the last actually the last show era Godzilla film ever was The Terror of Mecha Godzilla, which was the sequel to the first versus Mecha Godzilla film. Gotcha. They made a second Mecha Godzilla film. Well, second being kind of a buzzword, but not really what it was. Anyway, in the 90s there is a film during that era of Godzilla films called Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Two mm-hmm. in Japan, it was just called Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, um, they called it two for the American audiences, as I understand it, because they thought people would get confused that it's not just a remake of the original. Oh. I don't know. It's just kind of weird because it's not a sequel. Like it's just it's just a movie that has a Mecha Godzilla in well, it. Well, yeah, it's like Evil Dead Two. Kind of. It's not really a sequel. Well, it's a remake. It's but it's. it's- Evil Dead 2 is a sequel in that part of it is a remake and then the other part of it is like an extension of the story. That's true. This movie is compl- like has nothing to do with any of it. Uh, like it has, it's not even remotely related to the original. Gotcha. Um, and then of course these Godzilla against Mechagodzilla uh, is the one we watched and that is the third iteration where it too has nothing to do with any of the other Mechagodzilla movies. It's its own thing. It's just related to the first Godzilla film. But yeah, for that quick history lesson <laughs> but yeah, they, they, but yeah it it'll is be, like the it'll be one, interesting yeah. if they continue to do iterations of like the older Godzilla movies and so I'm very excited to see that just because like even though okay so when we went to go see um this movie for Godzilla Day mm-hmm. so even before they so they they had a little short film oh that yeah, they, yeah 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 had, I don't, can the we Hedora? talk about this sure why not what were you wait are no you, I don't know if Toho is gonna come after us or something no I think Toho like, will be fine you heard talk about uh, honestly <laughs> if Toho comes after us I'm framing whatever they sign <laughs> to us that's an achievement <laughs> you must stop anyways <laughs> cease and desist from Toho boy that's going on the wall <laughs> Um, so they actually like had a little short film before the actual yep. movie that we were wanting to watch. Um, but it was Hidora yeah, versus, Hedora, Godzilla yeah, Godzilla. Versus and it was like a little documentary where they were just talking about fun. like how they were going to set everything up, like mm-hmm. what, um, special effects they were going to have go on. And it was really like interesting to see all these people get super hyped about it. Like they were just like, well, cause they're doing, so cool. I like, thought it was, it made me watch that whole movie, both these movies in a completely different yeah, light because exactly. like, so the Godzilla vs. Hedorah short was, was fun. Like it's just, it, it came out, you might've caught it on YouTube. I think a year or two ago, uh, before Toho took it down, going cease and desist that. Um, so I don't know if it's out anywhere, but if you find it, it's, it's fun. Hedorah's not my favorite. Again, another like apocryphal thing to say, I don't care for that movie very much. And it's another movie that everybody really loves, but the short was fun. But like Amber said, they actually do like a little making of documentary after it. And it was so cool because it's these guys, they're all excited to do like a tokusatsu sudimation shot thing in a fucking parking lot. Like they like they used to back in the day, they're not doing CGI and stuff. At least only with the exception of like Atomic Breath and a couple things like touching things up. But they're not doing like everything is CG and you know it's actually guys in suits. And they showed how they like layer the set and where they put the explosives and how they have all this crap rigged up. And I'm like, damn, I never thought about it that way. Because yeah. when we were watching against Mechagodzilla, and I'm like, oh my god, like that those buildings are physically on a different like. 
Yeah, and just how Riser, they yeah. um, did like different angles because the set yeah. wasn't actually that big, but mm. it made it seem like you know it was really big. It was like a big platform. These yeah. people in the suits were you know bigger than they actually were. Yeah. Um, and that was just like really interesting to see, and so it gave me kind of like a better outlook on like the Godzilla franchise and how much work these people are actually putting into it. I don't know about now because a lot of it is like CGI. Yeah. Um, I think you know. Shin Godzilla was mo-capped. Okay. So obviously like someone's not smashing buildings and plenty of movies do motion capture. But if I recall, because Shin Godzilla is not, I don't think it's a puppet or anything. It's not a suit yeah. for sure. It's CG and I think it was motion captured, but I could be wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I think if you, you know, if you're mildly interested in filmmaking, period, I think just looking at the behind the scenes for these types of movies, like the Tokusatsu movies, Ultraman, Godzilla, Gamera, any of those pseudimation things, like it just gives you a whole new appreciation of that genre, in my opinion. Like you can love or hate the goofiness of those films, but like the level of effort and the crazy stories that come out of it. I mean, the number of people who almost died in the Godzilla suit is a little bit more than you would think. Um, purely from like drowning and <laughs> yeah. shit because they go in the water and they're like oh, stuck in a right, rubber yeah. suit um, but I mean it's wild the crap they would do and yeah you can see the strings and all that shit but to be honest once you realize there's I think it's like a hundred people puppeteering King Ghidorah or some shit back in the 60s up on like the rafters oh, moving all the right, pieces yeah. it's like well fuck god forbid I see the strings there's a hundred fucking people moving this <laughs> dragon around like that's, I don't know if it's 100, but it's, it's an obnoxious amount of people. More than 10, that's for sure. But, you know, you have, I think it's, that gave me a bit more of an appreciation of it because it really showed you the, like, making of. And I don't think I've ever seen a direct Toho making of this movie. How did we do the thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and just to know that it's all in a fucking parking lot, the Toho back lot. Like, <laughs> just a wooden platform with the models and these people they're like oh yeah people just kept coming out with models and we were just putting them down yeah and blowing we were just them saying up. what yeah. else can we bring out from the shed yeah oh and i love that they're like which which suits the one that's good and it's like well the final the final war suit's still okay so let's use that one and like they they have all these suits just chilling in a storage space somewhere so i'm like that's really cool yeah i think that's really cool because you know these people were so impacted by godzilla mm-hmm. uh, when they were younger and when these movies start coming out and I can again like appreciate that like just kind of growing up with something and just getting all excited about like okay what's the next movie gonna be like what is Godzilla gonna look like because I think that's really cool also just seeing how Godzilla has changed over the years oh yeah the interpretations are really cool yeah so like the one we saw in that short that's Mm -hmm. the suit from the film Final Wars both of those I think they say both of those suits are from the Final Wars because both of them are in it but like yeah, like that one looks different than the one we saw in Against and minus the Scar, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Tokyo SOS, which are different than, you know, the ones that from from Biolante. Like that one's completely different. Yeah. But then that one's different from the ones in King Ghidorah and all that other stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's different. And even other stuff like Mothra. I was thinking that during SOS. Like I like that interpretation of Mothra. Mothra looks different too in most of the films that she's in. Yeah. Like not as dramatically Unless you talk about like King of, like a King of the Monsters Mothra that's almost like this pincer wasp I mean, thing. Yeah, it's mostly wings. Yeah. Like the actual body is like negligible. But even then, like, well, think of like King of the Monsters. Like she's got this, these pincers, this oh, stinger. That's right, and all that. Yeah. If you watch, uh, I think it's, 
I think it's all monster, all out monster attack, whatever the one that just proceeds against Mechagodzilla yeah. is. That one, Mothra has like, is like way older looking, I think, in the beginning. Like it almost looks like it has a beard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like just a little different. Like it's like an aged Mothra. It's just like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. But yeah, so I mean, like there's just like different interpretations of these monsters I think is fun. And I think it's fun that they're allowed to do that. Like I'm sure there are criteria, like in order for Godzilla to look like Godzilla, you need to do these things. But as long as you're within those parameters, like, you're good. Yeah. So that's always fun. For me, it may shock you to know. <laughs> I I think I agree with your ratings. I okay. think when we watched it, I said I like Tokyo better. I think I like Tokyo better because there's more monsters in it. Mm-hmm. But now that we're talking about it, Against has a tighter plot and <laughs> yeah. is just more of a better movie to watch. But I agree with your ratings. I think, what was it, 7.7... Whatever you said, I'm giving it a 7.7. 7. <laughs> 7.7 for Against Mega Godzilla. It, neither of these are by far my favorite Godzilla movie, like, at all. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even... I don't know if I'd even put them in the top five. Yeah. But, like, they're good, and they're better than some of their, you know, more more contemporary films. Um, better than some of the contemporary Godzilla films, at least. And then, yeah, I, I Tokyo SOS, like, 6.8. Like... Neither one is bad, and I would suggest if you watch one, you for sure watch the other, because they're so closely tied together, Yeah, and, like, one kind of resolves the other, because, like, against Mechagodzilla leaves you going, well, they have this mech now. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Japan just has this giant monster (laughs) robot, whereas Tokyo SOS kind of rounds it off, minus the little annoying stinger, which I guess if you don't watch the end credits, you're okay. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I would I would say watch them. I of course I'm gonna say watch them because that's who I am. But yeah, you know, that's my ratings. They're yeah. not the. Don't go in there thinking they're gonna be the cream of the crop of Godzilla movies. There's a reason they didn't make a third one, and I think it's evident. I yeah. wish they did, but it's evident. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna do it for our our impromptu double feature. Really, we didn't we didn't plan this to be two movies, but we kind of ended up doing it anyway. Yeah. Of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla and Godzilla Tokyo SOS. Amber, can you tell us what we got going on next week? So next week we are going to be, we're actually going to go see um, the new Weird Al movie that is coming out. Hell yeah. We are going to see Weird, the Al Yankovic story, I think is the proper (laughs) title. Um, Starring Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. (laughs) Um, We might be a little late to the party on this one just because of the break we wanted to take in between episodes and whatnot, but you'll get all of our thoughts on Weird Amber. Have you, I don't know about you, but I am a, uh, uh, a unashamed big Weird Al fan. I don't know. I just, the dude is, I have never heard of him until I met you, I think. I think that's insane. (laughs) I think I did like, hear the songs yeah for sure but i didn't know who was no, singing those I, songs. <laughs> I love i love weird owl i love weird owl because it's just it's it's i mean when i was a kid i thought it was hilarious yeah right? like you hear a parody of a song it's just well written it's funny but then like as an adult who has minorly dabbled in music i guess i could say like you just appreciate it i mean the sheer fact that the man is so good at accordion as he is is just impressive as fuck that's a hard as shit instrument to play yeah. um but then the fact that he goes all the way to like even his own like original stuff is just well written, like musically well written. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's goofy, so, but it's fun. Yeah, and, and he's I'm, made his career. So. I'm interested to see like Daniel Radcliffe. Like, That's really what him. 
that's what really knocked this up. <laughs> the cast of this movie is just bananas. You have uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, what is her name? Evan Rachel Wood yes. from Westworld. Yeah. She plays Madonna. Um, you have uh, 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 Rain Wilson playing Dr. Demento. You have, and I think Weird Al is somewhere in this movie as well. But more on that next week when we cover Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Until then, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And we will see you all in the next one. Sayonara, guys. <laughs> <laughs>